prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. episode of gutter boys gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins the outs the highs and the lows of making comics i'm your host jb with my co-host cam shout out to dan klaus if you're listening what up dan uh (laughs) on today's episode uh this one is actually pulled from the hawking hills vault i think we got like two more after this one yeah, we've got uh, interviews with Alex Nall and uh, Emmy Guinness. Yes, yes. So, uh, for this episode, we are finally joined by the legend that is Nate McDonough. Yeah, old uh, Grixley. Y'all oh. might know him as Grixley online. <laughs> Grixley Cola. He's a Pittsburgh-based cartoonist. All around is he pimp. Been? Well, yes, we know that. Confirmed Dude's rock army soldier. Nate is honestly one of my favorite people that I've met through comics, to be honest. It was uh, a real treat hanging out with him at the cabin. I don't recall. It's been like I don't know, a couple months now, so but I feel like this episode's off the chain. Yeah, no, it it was very funny. I'm gonna go ahead and be honest here. While I was editing it, it there's not. By the way, if you're listening to this now, uh, there's not a whole lot I edited out. There's a few things here and there I cut out and tried to Hell smooth yeah. out here, but for the most part, the audio is fine. But keep in mind that there is a table tennis game going on in the background. At Nate's request. Right. JB and I tried. I remember now you and I tried to tell them to go upstairs and Nate was like, no, please let them keep playing all (laughs) throughout my episode. Was it very present on the recording? Uh, Yes. (laughs) It is. Yeah. You can you can hear Caroline Cash uh, and uh, who else was playing? Um, Oh, yeah. Pat Rooks. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear them playing in the background for sure throughout the whole interview. That's fucking amazing. Amazing. All right. Hell yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, definitely listen to that interview. Um, yeah, no, I feel like this one's a really one. a true certified banger. Not going to lie. I, I really like this interview. Nate is basically like if you could take your cool uncle and then go into a time machine and hang out when he's your age. That's basically Nate McDonough. Yeah. Fucking awesome dude. Great hang. Amazing artist and cartoonist. Uh, yes. Really understands how comics work uh, more so than a lot of people I know. I sat down and had conversations with that guy and I was just like really amazed by his approach to the medium and, uh, you know, what he takes away from it. Uh, so, yeah, very cool interview. I'm actually looking forward to listening to it uh, myself. Yeah. And he's so, a great writer, too. That's a that's a yeah. big flex being a great writer and cartoonist. So good on you, Nate. Yeah. Uh, All right. So before we get into our interview, we have uh, some news and uh, shout outs to go over. Uh, Let's see here. Let me pull out the the old cartoonist weekly. Yep. Dust that shit off. Okay. Uh, This is something that's been discussed for the last few weeks. So it's not exactly breaking. 
But uh, as many of you already know, Portland-based Image Comics, uh, the workers have begun forming their first ever comic book workers union there. Comic Book Workers Unite made the announcement back on November 1st in a statement signed by 10 of the company's 12 employees. Uh, fuck those two people that did not join. Fucking scabs. Anyway, in the statement, union members describe an all-too-familiar workplace culture. Quote-unquote, keeping our heads above water was the new normal before the pandemic, and since its onset, we have been expected to take on even larger workloads with fewer resources, they wrote. We love what we do, but loving what you do doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't ask for improvements to your working conditions. Fucking preach. Mm -hmm. As of November 5th, Image Comics has failed to voluntarily recognize the union. As a result, Comic Book Workers Unite has filed a petition with the National Labor Review Board to hold a union election. Since January, there have been nearly 300 strikes across the U.S., with Portland seeing their fair share of union activity. If any of you have been, uh, I don't know, conscious uh, the last few months, you can tell that there's been uh, a wave of people leaving their jobs, Hell yeah. uh, mostly due to shitty work conditions, low pay. Uh, they're, they're, just, they're just being overworked. And it's getting to the point now where uh, people who are usually used to eating shit every day are now saying enough is enough. Hey, I don't have to eat shit every day. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so this is obviously a great news. Uh, you know, big shout out to the 10 out of those 12 employees over at uh, Image. Obviously, we are rooting for the union to be formally recognized. Okay. Well, hang on. I do want to bring up something that I don't necessarily fully agree with. I guess okay. I need to see how it okay. irons out. Sure. All in all, I want to just start this off by saying that this is great. If this one doesn't go through, uh, then, you know, at least this is a foot in the door and it images a good place for the quote unquote mainstream to see this and get the conversation going. But from what I understand, and this is totally cool, like I understand where they're coming from, but I'm going to read it and then I'm going to follow up with some thoughts on it. So okay. on their website, they have a section that says what we hope to achieve. And there is an overview and there's nine bullet points. You know, the majority of them I agree with. However, the ninth one is a renewed commitment to company values through the addition of a collective voting option to immediately cancel publication of any title whose creators have been found to have engaged in abuse, sexual assault, racism, xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, ableism, etc. I agree that this shit, you know, abusers and, you know, so forth should not have a space at the table. However, do you think this is going to be some kind of like, quote unquote, boys club where, you know, they could use it to their advantage to cancel books? You know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This stuff has always been a, a thing that can be exploited. Yes, correct. We're seeing that now more than ever, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can use social justice speak as a cudgel to dismantle anything really that you just don't agree with. Right. And that's where I'm kind of just like, there needs to be maybe a third party involved. Because like, let's be real. How catty are some of the group DMs we have with cartoonists and comics people in them? Sure. People like each other. People hate each other. So it's like, I feel like I don't disagree with, you know, the sentiment there. Uh -huh. But it's like, who's going to make this call? And they did say, you know, a vote. Right. But we all know that everybody runs in their own fucking clicks and circles here. Sure. Sure. But, you know. I feel like they'll be able to handle their own business internally within, you know, their own union and vote it out. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, like, I just, yeah, just that's what I was just like, you know, just want to discuss. Like I said, I agree with it. But, you know, who I mean, because there's shit on image that just like shouldn't be printed. 
Like, I agree. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can talk about abusers or, and also, I mean, here's another thing too. I don't agree with putting sexual assault in the same category as saying the R word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, I'm, I agree with you. We could both be wrong there, but yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you tweet a joke out, like, does that mean your book's getting canceled if enough people don't like that joke? Yeah, maybe. But yeah. also, you know, with any publisher, right? You You're going to get in trouble from the editors doing that shit anyway. Yes, exactly. Editors yeah. are watching, as they yep, say, yep. as they proudly fucking told everyone on Twitter. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean is like, I don't necessarily disagree with this idea, but who watches The Watchmen, baby? Yeah, but again, I think the question you bring up is far more far reaching than this particular uh, you know, policy that they want to implement within their union, which, the, you yeah, know, it's yeah, within yeah. their right. And if it's voted on, hey, go for it. Cool. Yeah, 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 totally. And like I said, like, I agree with it. It's just like, you know, wanting to discuss that on the show, offer a different viewpoint. But because just because, you know, I know how catty this, this, uh, of course. quote unquote, business can be. Of course. So I just He's, hope no one yeah. falls victim to that is right. what I'm hoping there. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, there's there's plenty of pettiness in the comic industry. There's plenty of that really in fucking any line of work, <laughs> you know. True, true, yeah. Uh, it's just kind of those unavoidable things. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too, what's the word? Because I don't ever really use it. Uh, the opposite of cynical. <laughs> Optimistic? <laughs> there you go. There yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, I'm not really the optimistic type. But, uh, you know, in this case, I'm trying to be optimistic. Oh, yeah, because I'm definitely pro-union. We need one in comics. Um, I hope there is a trickle-down effect or just, you know, a trickle-up effect, rather. I mean, if we could get under, like, kind of like what Hollywood has, like one fucking guild or union, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. And I think this is a step in the right direction. You know, I hope it works out. But um, let's go ahead and talk about Uncle Todd. This is kind of tied in. Ah, yeah. So, speaking of Image, one of its uh, founding members and beloved figure in comics history uh, is Todd McFarlane. Uh, Many of you remember him when he was uh, throwing cash like he just won the lotto, uh, buying up fucking what? Mark Um, McGuire hit baseballs that he bought. Mark McGuire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he bought a baseball and getting into legal tiffs with uh, Neil Gaiman, which he lost. But, uh, you know, Uh, but his uh, newest endeavor is NFTs, the most beloved, uh, newest art form breaking all the rules. Uh, (laughs) This news honestly kind of took me back because I knew Todd is a bit kind of like, I don't know, out of touch for the lack of a better word. Oh, yeah, totally. Hey, that's fair. I mean, whatever. You're an old guy. Who cares? But uh, this this is what happens when you take an old out of touch guy and you link them in with someone who like a a millennial tech guy. and, And it's never a good thing. Like it's yeah, this ne- was totally <laughs> this combination I, is never good. I feel like Todd's team put this together. He probably, probably, yeah. but he still signed something, right? Oh, like for he sure. still had yeah, final yeah. say. Yeah, definitely, he looked at definitely. this and was like, "This is a good idea. I think we are making progress here." So uh, on November 9th, Steve Aoki, who I still don't really know who that is or what he okay, does. Okay, so Steve Aoki is a DJ, but do you remember the label Dimmac? Back in the day, the punk label, they ended up like no, I don't. dance stuff. Okay, no, well, no. he ran that label. His dad's very rich and uh, owns okay. the Benihana chain of <laughs> okay. restaurants. Okay, so maybe we should change this. On November 9th, trust funder Steve Aoki announced a new <laughs> <Yeah>. partnership <laughs> with the popular comic book artist and Spawn creator Todd McFarlane. The two plan to launch a non-fungible token marketplace that leverages the Solana blockchain. I don't fucking know what that means. I don't care either. Yeah. The NFT marketplace will be odd key 
and Aoki and McFarlane aim to launch a platform on November 18th. They announced that one of the first drops on the platform will be McFarlane's notorious Spawn Number no. 1 from 1992. So it's a digital copy of Spawn Number One, the same one I can get on from Comicsology. <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry, I meant Comicsology. <laughs> but instead, I have to pay six billion uh, fucking um, magical tokens or whatever the yeah. fuck money they hey, use. Read ComicsOnline.io. There you I go. I think that's the website. It'll give your computer AIDS, but you can read Spawn <laughs> Number One for free. <laughs> yeah. So uh, allegedly, the, allegedly, 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 yes. Yeah. According to this press release. Uh, this will be the first time in 30 years that Todd McFarlane has authorized or authenticated any original art for sale, digital or otherwise. For the first time, Spawn original art will be made available to the public. Keep in mind, digital. You're not going to actually own his original <laughs> art. You're going to own a fucking JPEG of his art that you can get any. Go on Google, type in Spawn number one. High res scan. High res. Yeah, go to, if you're using Google, go to tools and then go to size, that little drop down button there. Click that and then click large. Okay. And then that'll bring up all the largest sized uh, high res images of that search term you used. And then you, if you have a mouse, you hit that right click. Okay. And then save image as. Okay. You click that and boom, you're done. You now are a proud owner of an NFT. <laughs> uh, good job. <laughs> uh, you just bypassed all of that bullshit. Anyway. Uh, furthermore, following the initial launch, different sections of the marketplace will go live and the market will have a featured artist section and a section of lesser known artists called Artist Alley. Oh, man. The partnership announcement between McFarlane and Aoki explains that the odd key market was built off of the same mentality McFarlane established with Image Comics. Yikes. I want to create a world where creators create freely, McFarlane remarked about Odd Key's creation, a place where creators could control their creative and financial freedom the way that I was able to, the comic book artist added. Uh, Aoki's involved in NFT assets for a while, blah, blah, blah. Dims, I don't care. Um, I think Dim Todd. Mac. Yeah, I don't care. The project further noted that Odd Key Storefront will be leveraging the... Sol okay, I don't care about that. NFTs minted via the Metaplex protocol. God, this is so fucking lame. I would say that this news on top of, you know, Image not recognizing their union, not, not a good look. Todd, not not a yeah. very good look at all, actually. <laughs> In fact, yeah. this goes counter to your statement about having creators control their creative and financial freedom. It sounds not, I, I don't know. I don't see this news and that statement meshing well. Totally. Like, like we, we can ignore the whole environmental impact of NFTs and crypto in general and how fucking horrible that is. Let's go to the brass tacks of like how NFTs function and the fact that there's already a rampant issue of uh, artists having their artwork stolen and then sold as an NFT to fucking idiots, meaning that artist does not get a single cent from the sale of their original artwork. W what are you going to do about that? Uh, no one's really addressing it because obviously it is such a huge fundamental aspect of how NFTs function, like how that marketplace works. So I, yeah, the incongruency of all this is just really funny to me. I'm sure Odd Key will do great because Aoki's daddy has a lot of money. So, you know, it, even if it fails, who cares? Like, you know, that's just a tax write-off, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is pretty much just more bullshit for 2021 uh, as we come to an end uh, to the year. 
So I, I don't know. I, for one, am really looking forward to the possible new ways to make me want to blow my brains out in 2022. <laughs> uh, so yeah. this, uh, this is, <laughs> this is promising. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts, Cam? Uh, you know, I just think NFTs are fucking lame and I'm not against artists making money. And the thing is, is, you know, when you're reading me Todd's little spiel about how like, this is exactly what image was founded on. Like, yeah, you could apply that to image if you want. But like you said, you know, like, it's just like a weird fucking like dynamic. I mean, I'm sure at this point, Todd is so fucking detached from image. You know, he's probably just a name on the fucking masthead. But, you know, it's still not a good look. You know, I don't know if Todd's even in tune with like the scene and knows that NFTs are bad. You know, like you look at someone like Liefeld, he's extremely online. I don't know if Todd's online. You know, as online as he is, he didn't really piece together what an NFT really was. I mean, that motherfucker literally tweeted, what is an NFT? (laughs) And then didn't he (laughs) didn't he say he was going to do one? And then everybody was like, fuck off, dude. And he was like, "Okay," And he just pulled it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Todd just kind of I'm assuming him and Aoki are friends, right? I don't know, man. Like, because I think I've seen this before. I've seen his name come up with Todd's name before. And I think they are friends. I think it was. So Aoki probably just grew up a Spawn fan and was rich enough to hang out with Todd. Sure. Right. And they became best buds. And uh, he probably just took his word for it. And it's just because Aoki, according to this, has been deeply invested in NFTs since the beginning. I believe you know who Aoki's sister is? Devin Aoki, the the Asian from Too Fast, Too Furious, the Asian girl. I do you remember don't know that? who. No, I don't know who that is. She was like a model in like 2003, and she was in the movie. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I had to add. Oh wow, she okay. she fell off. She fell off. I will say this: Liefeld did retweet the Image Comic Union. He did. Yeah, I, I so, wonder how much sway he has with that at all. Zero. He got yeah. fired, and they like let him back in for the 30th <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. If he's like in good graces again. Yeah, he's in good graces, but I mean, like, Liefeld really doesn't give a fuck. That motherfucker just straight shoots from the hip on everything at any time. Like, he'll straight up be like, image sucks dick, and he'll be drawing a Marvel book (laughs) and be like, yeah, Marvel sucks too, but I'm doing (laughs) the fucking book, you know? So like, Yeah, and then he'll immediately fuck himself over at Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, my man just, just, he just sees dollar signs, which I respect. I mean, that's what Todd does. To be fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, Todd true. saw this deal, saw money signs because Aoki fucking scammed him into the idea. Yeah, see, Todd has like celebrity money where Rob is just like very wealthy. You know, like Rob's a millionaire, but Rob isn't like Todd. Like Rob's still having to like sign, you know, at stores and shit. Todd's not doing that. Well, I just don't understand is, is just like, why can't he just stick to the toys? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, midlife crisis. He's already busy with that. You're running, you're running a fucking yeah. toy company, right? You are the key holder of the DC license to manufacture DC figures. Those figures suck. We don't have to go Which into it too they're bad. Awful. But they, yeah, they're they awful. They look terrible. Yeah. They look real shitty. I mean, let's be honest. The McFarlane company as a, as a toy company has fallen off. Uh, it's yeah. been like 20 plus years. They're still behind. Yeah. Trailblazers, but they got left in the dust. Yes. Which. I mean, that you could say the same about uh, Image Comics before Walking Dead. True. Very true. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, they were on the verge of bank. I'm pretty sure they're still on the verge of bankruptcy yeah, right well, now. Probably. <laughs> uh, allegedly on the verge. We don't know. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to get sued here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do wish he just stuck with toys, man. Like uh, he did all these Kickstarters and fucking fundraisers, sold that Spawn figure from Spawn issue one, and it came with his autograph. And uh, But now, no, now you can just own nothing. Just a bunch of fucking code and a JPEG. Congrats. Hell yeah. NFTs are fucking lame. That's the gutter boy stance. Unions are good. Yes. Uh, That's a takeaway here. 
Todd, uh, you know, breaking news, pretty cringe, bro. That's uh, that's really, I hate to see that. You know, I know how much everybody loves Todd, but uh, man, you mo- this motherfucker fell off pretty yeah, hard. This, this, this sucks, man. This sucks. So close to Simp of the Year being awarded too. This Ooh, sucks, he, man. Yeah, he might take it, honestly. Not, with, not with a good look shit. for you, brother. Yeah, not yeah, a good look. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a real shame. Anyway, uh, all right, so let's move on to shout outs. Yeah, we did get a really cool comic in the mail from Heather Losey, uh, Heather of Love on Instagram, no spaces. It is called Next Volume One. It's a really nice Riso printed comic. I'll be completely honest. Um, it's very, very rare nowadays that I read a comic and immediately pick it back up to reread it. Uh, this is like, you know, standard floppy. I want to say, you know, anywhere from 16 to 24 pages, but um, gorgeously printed. Uh, it's a story about Heather going on the MTV reality show Next. Um, it's really fucking funny. So Heather also wrote a uh, letter and it says, hey, this is my first ever self-published comic. I had never done Riso color separations by myself, so it's not as vibrant as it was intended. And so my pages look shitty, but whatever. I disagree, Heather. Uh, They continued, I love the pod. You guys are hilarious and it's super helpful to hear anyone talk about comics and self-publishing as I am not involved in the scene at all yet. Anyway, hope you like it. Have a great day, Heather. Yeah, great comic. Uh, JB will get his copy. Uh, he's actually going to see me next week. We'll be hanging out in real life. Um, and everybody's comics, I've got them all right here in a pile, and they're all going to go to JB. But um, Heather, great work. I didn't really believe that this was their first ever comic, so I was DMing them with them earlier, and they apparently had put out stuff in like anthologies and online. They did a uh, comic about dating Michael Imperioli. Oh. And uh, Michael Imperioli actually saw that he was tagged in it, loved the comic, DMed them, and followed her. So That's awesome. Yeah, she has the Chrissy stamp of approval as well as the Gutter Boy stamp of approval, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. We also want to shout out past guest and a very good friend of the show, Yewan Kwan. They are a Seattle-based illustrator, cartoonist, formerly Chicago-based, like we all were once upon a time. They sent over a really amazing Rizograph print of the, the god Minoru Suzuki. Yep. Japanese pro wrestling and MMA legend. Uh, very, very fancy. Really appreciate that, Ye One. Also, totally. another shout out to Carly Hack, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Cartoonist based out of Minneapolis. Uh, yes, has a really fucking hilarious comic called uh, Ski Mask Jerry. Uh, and they're also a pro wrestler. I don't want to... Am I... Am I is this... Uh, Breaking kayfabe? Yeah, I don't want to break kayfabe. You know... Uh, let's wait till they're on the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, they're wrestler. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you know, just fucking look up Carly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, they recently did an interview over at uh, Racket MN, which I believe is a Minneapolis-based uh, news culture website slash rag. And mm-hmm. uh, in it, they were nice enough to shout out uh, MS Harkness, uh, past guest, friend of the show, yada, yada. And uh, also me. Weirdly enough. And, oh, and they also shouted out Hardway. Rest in peace, Hardway. It was a good run. Is that the first documentation of y'all being over? Like, I've known it's over, but have y'all made a statement? Uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Joe, the other co-owner, uh, made some statements on Twitter and, and maybe okay. Instagram, you know, saying, hey, we're, we're closing shop, yada, yada. Oh, yeah. You guys did have a liquidation sale of yeah. leftovers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I still have a couple of uh, garments left over. So, if any of you all listening that are a fan of pro wrestling or what we were doing at Hardway and missed out on some things, hit me up. I might be able to help you out. But anyway, thank you for the shout out. Really appreciate it. Uh, Carly is just uh, honestly 
someone to be on the lookout for in terms of their art and their comics. They they do paintings and drawings too, which are really really great. Check them out on uh, Instagram if you want to see more of their artwork at C Hack Art. That's C H A A C K A R T. Uh, oh, also if you want to check out Yewan's work, which you if you haven't already, you should go on their Instagram account at Station 4 Great username. And then a final shout out goes to past guest Aubrey Sitterson. They recently announced their newest Kickstarter campaign for the return of Beef Bros. The newest issue, Beef Bros Behind Bars, where we will see the return of Huey and Ajax Beef as they take on the prison industrial complex and the entirety of the carceral state in this double-sized graphic novella. Uh, they are currently, uh, looks like about three quarters funded already, and there's 11 days to go as of the recording of this. So if you're listening to this uh, as it airs on the 15th, uh, that means you have nine more days to uh, go and pledge. So definitely recommend checking out that uh, campaign. Issue one was great. Artist mm-hmm. uh, and friend Terrell Cannon really knocked it out of the park. Totally. Terrell's been on one Crushing. for the last two years. <laughs> they they have really fucking done something here uh, where I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, they got a fire under their ass and they just started pumping out shit and it's just been top quality stuff. Uh, but yeah, go check out that Kickstarter campaign. Pledge if you want to get a copy. Uh, it gets the gutter boy seal of approval. Yep. Absolutely. Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here so you can listen to our interview with Nate McDonough. As always, you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash gutterboys or gutterboys.top. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes. $10 a month, you get those episodes plus a zine in the mail every month. Uh, Next month is going to be our end of the year special where there's going to be some best of lists and so forth. And uh, so if you want to subscribe to our Patreon by December 1st, that's the cutoff date to get that. If you want to see, you know, what I thought the best comics of the year were. I'm going to do a little write-up, and uh, maybe I can coax JB into writing about his favorite shit of the year, too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll see. But a very special one. A very special issue there. Also, if you want to advertise your comic with us, you can sign up for a $12 advertiser's tier. You get four ads. Just send us copy, or you can make a commercial yourself. And uh, Oh, and also, we do want to announce that at the end of the year, we will be debuting the Gutter Boys' first NFT so be on the lookout for that. Uh, all you have to do is uh, PayPal us or pledge on the Patreon page at gutterboys.top. If you pledge us $2,000, we will email you a JPEG of a drawing that we both did together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, in it will include a bunch of gibberish and then a, a little- Some kanji. A word doc saying, uh, you own this JPEG. Yeah. And it's a limited number. We're only doing a run of 20 of these. So, you know, just just saying, you'll want to save up some cash because uh, this is going to be a pretty hot seller, I think. Yeah, I think that we're going to limit it to 20 spots. So the first 20 people to pledge $2,000 get uh, one of these limited numbered NFTs. Yes, there you go. Also, uh, I should have said this, but we do have an extra copy of Blue Lives by Nate McDonough. He gave me two. So we're going to do a giveaway. Uh, Stay tuned to our Instagram and Twitter at GutterBoysPod and uh, look for a photo promoting this episode with Nate's Blue Lives book. And I'll ask Nate what he wants to do as far as a uh, contest to uh, get a copy of that book 20, y'all. Yes. And now you have to suss out which one of those was a bit. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be joined by big dog Nate McDonough. So stay tuned. 
Big Dick Nate McDonough. Big Dick Nate McDonough, my bad. Yes. We'll be right back. Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. Floodland brings together a series of personal and natural disasters featured in comics by Australian cartoonist and cult hero Jonathan McBurney. Beginning with the protagonist's chronic illness, it relates a long period of bizarre artistic practices, awkward art school relationships, the brutal reality of the 9-to-5 grind of the submerging artist, and culminates in the massive flood in his hometown. The peripheral characters whose lives orbit the same places and occasionally overlap through mundane circumstances include Batskiat, an artist-come-superhero whose successes are vastly out of proportion with his talents, Picasso Minotaur, a brawny beefcake sculptor with fire in his belly and hate in his heart, and Kirby Kelly, a hapless and constantly flummoxed experiment gone wrong. Floodland is a 96-page hardcover available from ArgleBargleBooks.com. Check out JonathanMcBurney.com and King underscore of underscore nails on Instagram for more beefcake, wrestling, and existential conundrums. I guess you could call that a dick. to our program. Nate Garcia, Nate Powell, Nate Doyle, uh, all the Nates. Nate Taylor, Nate Kling. Shout out. What's all up? The uh, yeah, hey, welcome back from the break. Uh, uh, Cam is going to get gum. I'm joined uh, across the table with uh, the wonderful Nate McDonough. Nate, how are you doing today? Very good, sir. How are you? Doing pretty damn fine. I got a nice little glass of fancy ass wine that uh, MS uh, poured for us, and it's. Uh, Supposed to be very fancy and has all these like complicated notes or some shit. Uh, it tastes like wine to me, but yeah. uh, it's good. It's well, pretty good. I mean, all the better if you never develop. Um, yeah, my barbaric fine palate. taste. Yeah, if Franzia can taste roughly as good as that, you're probably at an advantage. Probably, yeah. yeah from an economic standpoint, yeah, yeah I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, we we talked a little bit before this sh- the, uh, this episode. So this is kind of out of order, but that that's fine. Can they hear us? Hey, uh, Nate, uh, we're actually live streaming this in our Discord right now. Yeah, Nate, so we Garcia, have we have the Discord. Us, go to Slam Dunk and type "You can hear us." Yeah, so we have the Discord going on. There's also a ping pong game going on in the background uh, with Pat Rooks and Caroline Cash. And we originally told them that they could not play ping pong. However. Uh, our guest today, Nate, said that he wanted to be on the world's first podcast that was taking place simultaneously as a ping pong game in the same room. Yes. Simulcast yeah. ping pong. Pat Rooks would like yeah. to say hi to Pat Sparrow and Pat Kane. What's up, boys? Yo, I don't know Kane, but I do know Sparrow. 
And Pat Keck, too. Pat Keck's a listener. Pat Keck had a really good book called uh, Peepers on Fanographics. That's another cool Pat. I like Pat Keck a lot. Okay. He's kind of like, he's like a homie of Josh Simmons's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking excellent. Hell yeah. Let me see if Nate can hear us. Yeah. yeah, so we have the Discord in the background so that they can uh, hopefully hear this this recording. I don't know, he's on It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, so if you hear uh, uh, the, the ping pong table going on in the background, that means everything is working out just fine. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, Nate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell the listeners if they've never, uh, you know, read your books or know about your skeezy job. Uh, My name is Nathaniel Scott McDonough. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I, uh, I've been... I wake up and I do comic shit uh, pretty Shameful. continuously straight through the day. Um, I, I draw a ton of stuff. I write pencil, ink, letter, publish, distribute my own comics. I've been doing Grixley for about 10, 12 years now. I'm on the 52nd issue of the title. 53 and 54 in the can, and I'm going to print them as soon as I get back to Pittsburgh. Can I ask you a question about that real quick? Sure, yeah. About Grixley. I've been buying them for, God, I bought them from you a long time ago. Why do you sell that shit so cheap? Uh, I mean, I think it's. I could have a whole, I could have a better plan or a better outlook or a, I don't know a better like central mission goal objective with comics, but the ones that I do, I think that I've found like a nice way to partition them off from whatever it is that I have to do to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. So I can make a living with or without comics. Yeah, that I draw. And then once that's been, once the bag has been secured, then the rest is just uh, candy grabbing victory lap. Right. Hell where yeah. I can yeah. like you know make a comic, and it costs me even like those a lot of those Grixleys like it costs me like 50, 60 cents to make one of those, and right. I gotta like collate and staple them, and you know it can be a pain sometimes. But and you know what? It, there's there's a reward in it too, because you know I started making the Grixleys and I'd sell them for like one or two dollars a piece. Right. And I made nothing and. <laughs> Like for a very long time, it, it was. Yeah. A, but it, you know what? I, I told my buddy Dan where it's like we are so far ahead of the game because ninety percent of cartoonists lose money on the shit that they do, nine percent break even, and one percent make money off of it. If we are among the nine percent breaking even right off the bat. Yeah. Back when I was a kid, I was I never lose money on comics. Always breaking even, tremendous victory. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the. Uh, Y'all are bad at ping pong, by the way. <laughs> just want to make that clear. Uh, sorry. No, it's all right. I can't remember what I was driving at with all of that. No, but, but the, yeah, you, what you're saying... Oh, I, but they're cheap. Oh, yeah. I get the reward of, like... Let's say, like, there's a guy who just found out about Grixley. Yeah. And, and, or, but the... Uh, every now and then, I'll get an order where somebody gets every single thing that I have in print. Right. And... It's like, oh, that's very much worth my time. I'd be happy to like fill orders that were like, you know, a two dollar comic with free shipping indefinitely. Yeah. I really don't mind. Yeah, I, you know, I'm flattered each and every time that somebody goes to the trouble of, uh, you know, going out of their way to get one. But it's cool. I, I see like, I see people out there who like, you know, just are enthusiastic enough about it that they buy like thirty individual mini comics from me, and that always makes my day. Thank you if you're listening. Hell yeah. So um, we love a grateful king. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so you've been making comics for how long? Uh, he said ten or fifteen. Since I was a kid, oh, yeah. as long as I can remember. If yeah. I was on a desert island all by myself, I would draw them. The uh, <laughs> since I was a kid, and it's like I'd just be drawing like Spider-Man and Wolverine mm-hmm. again and again, yeah. same poses, same sure. like six packs, right? Yeah, yeah. Same like bowling pin forearm, yep. football bicep, and basketball balls. 
That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. And then we've been there. I hit high school and I started trying to like. I got like. I lucked my way into finding like Pete Bag and Dan Klaus. And how'd I, you find that shit? Like, was it just because you were like Columbus in the shops? Public Library? Okay. Yeah. They were fucking awesome, and it was back in the day before comics had enough prestige that they would get their own sure. section. Yeah. They were under seven four one point five in the Dewey Decimal System, and that's where you would have like an H.R. Giger book too, where it'd be like porno mechanics. Yes. So Hell I'm like yeah. seven years old, and I, or nah, I'm like twelve, thirteen. I'm looking for Watchmen. I find it after I requested at my local library when I was growing up in Watertown, Wisconsin, where I got started. But it was right next to porno mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so treat yourself to that one where it's pussies and vaginas uh, pussies and vaginas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're different okay but it's it's genitals that are like dozens of miles tall that are just have like smokestacks built into them just like meshing with one another yeah it's and, a beautiful thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you come up with the name Grixley uh, is that a cola no Grixley cola is your username right yeah 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 okay so Grixley was already taken Oh, okay. By gotcha. someone who was like, I think by like a defunct account from like Indonesia from like, you know, a decade ago oh, with wow. like three posts on it. Okay. Fuck. Okay. So we need to hack their account. I've sent mercenaries down there to murder the 12 year old girl in charge of Grixley. Yeah. So. His name is the Peacemaker. You can watch his adventures in the new Suicide Squad. There you go. Going to Indonesia to get his IG handle back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost called the I almost called the series Jelly Sleeve, and that's something I don't think about much anymore. What what, what, what was the meaning behind that? Jelly Sleeve is a trademarked uh, polymer, or like it's a it's like a it feels like a you know like the sticky hands that you slap yeah, around, yeah, 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 yeah. like that you get like for like ten tickets at Chuck E. Cheese's. Yeah, right. They get so, all fucking gross, like with, with tons of hair on them. Yeah, 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 or the, yeah. Or the quarter <laughs> machines. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it bending. looks like that, and it's uh and I've, I, <laughs> I only know from seeing them on TV. I swear, please trust me, penis pumps. They're real. I thought they were just in Austin Power movies, but I found out that they're real. And they got these things called jelly sleeves on them that, like, keep the penis pump from slicing into your body. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Okay. It's very thoughtful yeah, like, of the company. you think the vacuum going so tight that, like, the plastic rim will start, like, compacting. But anyway, right. they put the jelly sleeve on it trademarked material wow it's like but then i thought like ha 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 jelly sleeve <laughs> you know, i'd be so cool and i was like 18 years old and i was thinking about yeah. it and like, like and like the last second my buddy dissuaded me he's like call it the nonsense word that you like accidentally said grixley like that's the good one thanks andre what, what, what were you trying to say when you said grixley uh grizzly oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah yeah it makes sense okay and it just stuck right yeah yeah hell yeah do you plan on making grixley i mean you're fucking 50 issues into it at this point do you plan on sticking with that title for the rest of your life at this point yeah i mean like johnny p fucking sweet daddy john porcelino established a very nice template where you know he's well into king cat and uh, he, he doesn't seem, like, super hung up on, like, maintaining, like, a quarterly schedule or, like, making yeah. them come out, like, at, like, an yeah. identical interval. And I, I get a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, you know, I, I started up a Patreon recently, and, like, four issues a year ain't hard to do. Right, right. But then that does come out to a little more than 100 pages. And I, I, I kind of, I like it. I thought, you know, like, I certainly don't ever... I mean, you know, I feel like I'm still producing quality, material of merit. <laughs> <laughs> you had to pivot there. <laughs> Quali- mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, brother. <laughs> it's made with real dairy. Cafe, brother. Pray cafe. Yeah, yeah. My, Grixley is the Little Caesars of comics. Hey, that's a that's a seal of uh, you know approval right there. Also, Little Caesars fucking rocks. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah. The best memes. My favorite meme recently is the uh, the Little Caesars meme, where it's like Little Caesars tastes so good when you don't have a bitch in your ear telling you it's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I like the garlic butter dipping sauce because you know that it has absolutely fucking nothing to do with garlic or butter. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right, right. Garlic substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your process. Uh, you've been working like a fucking machine here. This is like probably the only time you haven't been drawing as you doing these podcast episodes with us. Is that something you try to do every day? Is it just something that you don't even have to try to do at this point? It's just second nature. What's your schedule look like? When you're, you know, working, when you're uh, not working. You know, I, I used to be a little more. <laughs> I've developed a more economic style over the years, and it's a relief because I used to work for 14 hours, and I'd really slap myself on the back for adding a lot of like absolutely eye-meltingly horrible cross-hatching to a panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about where it's like, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have drawn what I did in 14 hours and six, and it would have looked way better. But right, you know what? Right. I really put in the hours and cross-hatched the fuck out of everything. Yeah, the more lines, the better the drawing. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I understand that's that's uh, time-tested. And it's a relief now because it's like I I can't I can't focus for 12 to 14 hours anymore and I can't stay up like straight through the night and go to sleep when the birds start chirping like yeah. I used to. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a little bit old. But I do, uh, and I, you know, I can't even say that I draw every day, but I do consistently and there is a compulsion and it's a relief because, uh, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, you'll, you'll find yourself in a social situation and it's not even like, oh my God, I'm crawling up the walls and I feel so anxious and I have no choice, but like sometimes it's like I would feel much better if I was drawing right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like I'm going to a friend's house and if, especially if he's like a quiet type. I'll know I'll bring my drawing shit with me and I can just sit in the same room and he can just like you know get high and play Call of Duty yeah yeah Yeah. I I know what you mean and I can draw (laughs) I know what you mean we all know (laughs) well one thing that um, I think is really interesting about your work I've been reading I think I've got Grixley my Grixley collection starts in the 30s I think and I've been I think I've got almost everything up to now which I think is like 52 53 something like that and you change up your style pretty often throughout these books what is it that makes you decide you know whether to lean into something you know you do something with like you know really dense colored pencil work sometimes and then sometimes you can just tell that you know you're drawing something very quickly a lot of the times in the Grixley stuff the auto bio stuff seems to be less labor intensive as opposed to like the actual stories you write what makes you choose when to I don't want to say turn it on because it all looks good but I guess put more work into it. No, I, I know what you mean for sure yeah. And it's like uh, one of those things where it's like, uh, do you know people who paint with like oils? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know how they can uh, <laughs> just consider the difference between like drawing like a, a black line contour of like a figure, mm-hmm. and then just like figuring out from there of like being like Keith Haring, where yeah, like yeah. you know that's like what I can do in a comic with like no effort is just like do that like quick contour of a figure with like a, like a easily definable black line. You see people who like do a painting. And then it's like, it seems like that, like, you know, fifth dimensional chest that I'll never be able to get my head around, but I can dabble in it a little bit. Yeah. And like trial and error and coloring is a blast. Cause I feel like there's like, even like a time that you can like look at a thing and you're like, I'm going to color it or I'm going to like fuck around with it and Photoshop and make a bunch of layers. Yeah. And you have no idea what the product's going to look like, but if it comes out sweet, that's the best feeling. Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. I got to, you're, you're playing a hunch, you know? And then you just like, kind of like wind that thread out as much as you can. I guess that's the thing though. It's like, if I ever want to try something new. Then I just fucking go to town on it. Yeah, yeah. And like worst case scenario, it's just like 
you learn something from it, regardless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna get. I, and then, uh, worst case scenario, you get fired from your job at the Indie Comics Factory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta clear out your locker. Yeah. They escort they call, you from they the call building. That cancellation now. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your pink slip at the dick sucking factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, this the Patreon will air before this one does. So, if you're a Gutter Boys patron, you will uh, hear uh, some of uh, Nate's. Long boxes talk on our special episode, but Nate, you uh, do make uh, your living off of you know buying and reselling comics, so you're constantly surrounded by them. Do you find it hard to want to work on comics after fucking looking at them all day? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, but and I I won't qualify it or offer disclaimer. I must say that even when I am working for like 60, 70 hours a week. Nick Mullen calls it bell to bell when he wakes up and packs t-shirt orders for 16 yeah, hours yeah, and go yeah. to sleep yeah, and then yeah, fucking does it yeah. again the next day. Really, I'll do that shit with this like eBay stuff mm-hmm. where I'm just like staring into an iPad until my eyes are melting out of my head. Yeah, yeah. But like when I do that for like say 14 hours, 12, 10, whatever, I can go easy on myself. I go and make nachos and watch a movie with a friend. And like the, uh, like the one or two hours that I spend drawing, they feel way better and I get way more done than like any two hours that I could have when I was working a regular job because it's like the the essence or like the ectoplasm it's like less depleted you know <laughs> yeah yeah you're yeah. like you're more willing there's more like juice that's still in you yeah you're not exhausted from this outside force you know yeah 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 so um you you pretty much see it all what is it that makes a good comic to you as a reader um I think the like Fuck. <laughs> I know. I yeah, yeah. You know, in my vanity, probably yeah. people who make comics a lot like my own. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, and like, yeah. and I, I find other stuff too, but it's like, <laughs> for sure. Which doesn't uh, say we're very much government the same. name. Government. Yeah. Who? M S Harkness. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, boys. <laughs> that's, that's mine. <laughs> but then, like, my boy Max Klotfelter. You guys ever seen any of his stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even sometimes, like, in Grixley, I feel like I'm just doing a Max Klotfelter impression. Wait, wait. Did he do the Koyama book, Little Boy? Uh, no, he didn't. No, no, no. I know What's that Cole name, Cole Klauser? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole Klauser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, what a I was German-ass name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Max, his, his ancestors were Felters of Klotz. I'm not sure how the fuck one goes about doing that, but it, <laughs> it's Max Klotfelter, and he is the absolute fucking G. And he... Uh, He's got a book from uh, Birdcage Bottom called uh, Rooftop Stew. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's why I know the name. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's like his, like his is the type because like when you read a comic and like you have that like sensation of like I could read thousands of pages of this. Yeah. Because you know, sometimes you are reading a comic and you're like willing yourself into liking it, but like it's literally 22 pages long and you're counting how many of them are left. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you flip to the end real quick and you're like, "Fuck." Totally. Yeah. 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 It's like I really wish I liked Neil Gaiman as much as everyone else does. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Why does this page have so many words on it? <laughs> Might as well be reading a book. So. um you also seem to collaborate a lot uh, with your comics. It seems like you get a couple out a year uh, where, you know, you may share art duties, you may share writing duties, you might draw something that someone else writes and so forth. Is collaborating something that you feel is important? Uh, why do you decide to do that? A lot of people in independent comics really just make their own thing. You don't see the writer-artist dynamic a lot. I, I, th- I think everyone who anyone who can draw knows how 
how much it fucking sucks to have someone approach you and be like, I've got a cool idea. Will yeah. you draw it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then it's like, there's like a polite way to tell them to fuck off, and there's a rude way to tell them to fuck off, which is fuck off. And like, but and I, I like, <laughs> yeah. I uh, like you get them, and like uh, it's like, and it's kind of like you know, like pandemic happened, and you like you view the shows of the past like roast into goggles, and you forget that like literally any single comedy show you ever table at, you're gonna have a guy come up to you and be like, yeah, well, it's like Game of Thrones. But then yeah. it's also like, I don't know, law of order a little bit. And you got the vampires and they travel through time. And then you got to go back. I mean, just like a bunch of shit that would not make sense. And, yeah, they, and nine and times like, out of ten, they don't even have a fucking script. And they're like, actually, I've got nine books planned. And I'm like yeah, working on it right now. And they're going to be some spinoff series. I think it's going to be a big thing. Yeah. The uh, There are people. And you're tight with them. And you hang out with them. They're friends. You're friends with them for years. You even draw with them regularly. And, like, you know, you guys can just, like, hang out, put on a record, chill, draw. And I feel like they get it really well. Where, like, they can almost, like, sense better than you can what it is that you like to draw. Yeah. And they can, like, like kind of, like, they can, like, detect, like, it'll, like... Because, like, when you're writing a thing, sometimes it's cool when it comes to, like, as a bolt from the blue. And you can just, like, you know, I had a cool idea. But I feel like it's, like, when a friend collaborates with me, more often than not... They thought real hard about it over right. a very long period yeah. of time, and then like they like they like approach me. Yeah, it's like, but but I I still live with my my roommate Tyler, sweetest little man ever, and he doesn't have any social media. He's a cool fucking dude, but he writes my Halloween comics, and I feel like he's like he's a sweet little guy. We watch horror movies together. Yeah. I got I got my vasectomy. That boy hung out with me and watched thirteen horror movies in a row over the course. You got of a vasectomy? Fr Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, boy. Hell oh, yeah. Nice I was sterilized. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So the you can just nudge anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. But, but like, it's like a, he, I, he writes a comic every year and I draw it. And the last one that he wrote, I think he's just getting, like, we're getting more simpatico all the time because, mm -hmm. like, the fifth one that we did together. Did he write Rare Breeds? He did, yeah, yeah. yeah fantastic yeah. comic, yeah. And I remember that I did the cover for that one. Mm -hmm. I was hanging out with my boy who, like, makes, like, six figures working for, like, a tech company. Yeah. Doing, like, animated shit for their app. And then, like, my other buddy who draws magic cards. And then, like, my other buddy who does, like, uh, uh, like interactive online content for, like, pharma giants. Mm -hmm. And then, so, like, whenever I'm hanging out with these guys, it'll be, like, I gotta pretend that I'm good at art. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, I, like, came in and I was, like, oh, yeah, I'm working on the Rare Breeds cover. And I drew the fuck out of that thing. And it's, like, I looked at it and it's, like, it's just because I was hanging out with my guys who work for Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that cover was, like, it looked so fucking labor-intensive with, yeah, like, yeah. the fur coat and everything. So it's well, so funny that you and there's say a, that. There's a weird dichotomy where, like, it's, like, uh, I made the mistake when I was younger. And we were talking about it earlier with all the fucking cross-hatching. Not that I hate it. But, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time I, and place. Time I, I, I can bust enough for some cross-hatching. Sure, but sure, sure, sure. The uh, like you make a mistake between like believing that like the, the the amount of time that you put into a thing equals how good it is. Yeah, yeah and right. that's it's rarely the case. Like think <laughs> think about like uh, like there's sometimes like you know like if you like, had a chain that's supposed to be white against a back uh, a black background. Yeah. Then you you, just you can like ink the chain and you can just gradually fill the black in around it. Right. And like painstakingly do it and it'll look shitty. Or you can just do flat black across the page and then go in there with your fucking white implement. Yes, JB knows what the fuck I'm talking about right yes, now. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you go tick, 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 tick. And it takes 50 seconds and look way better than what it'll take in 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Do, yes. Do that spawn chain straight across. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um. No, that was like. Hey! 
Can we keep it down a bit? <laughs> Nate's finally mad about the ping pong game that he requested. Well, he agreed and, to. Yeah, no, no, no. happens during no, the episode. I want you to know that Pat, Pat and Caroline are being absolute angels right now. We got Emmy down here. She's being a problem child. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Whoa! Canceled. Canceled. This is an all ages podcast. (laughs) We got security coming down. Don't worry about it, listeners. (laughs) MS. What are you working on right now? Like uh, you, you're working on a project here. You told me a little bit about it. Do you want to talk about it on the air? Yeah, it's uh, it's called Just a Little Boy, Mm -hmm. and it is. I remember when I was younger and like people would come up to me at a comic show and they'd say, what's your comic about? And I would give them some pretentious bullshit about an artist is not obliged to explain to you what the plot <laughs> is and you want to just see for yourself. But I, started, I just wanted to do a comic about a baby and how hard I imagine it is to raise a baby by yourself. Yeah. Which you'll never know because you got a snip snip. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 that's not true. He can get it undone. It's like between the vasectomy and me making a comic about the horrors of being a single mother, you guys can probably triangulate a lot of the shit that I'm dealing with privately. Sure. Yeah, 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 I didn't want to really say anything, but yes, sure. Yeah. For my armchair psychology degree. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Melfi moment here, yeah. yeah. But then like after like I wrote like... Um, I wrote, I wrote many pages about just like how I imagine like infant turning into a toddler. Yeah. After that, I was like, I feel like you know there are like motifs present within the work as it exists that I can have resonate into middle school, high school, and then early adult life. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just came together pretty well. I, I went to a couple weddings in the last couple years that were just like such like a, and it's even though like the ceremonies nowadays are like 10 minutes long, it's still such an excruciatingly boring horror oh, to suffer yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I, I just had like uh, this like uh, heap of blasphemous thoughts that I wanted to commit to the page. Where I, And it's kind of like, you know, what I did in Blue Lives where it's just like, you can go to a party and you can tell someone about how much you don't like cops for like two hours in a row and they'll be so bored they'll want to die. Yeah. Or you can make a comic about yeah. it and like, you know, like figure out how to put those thoughts in an order that like actually appeals to a reader. I was trying to do the same shit with like, I, I can talk about how God is like a coward and a crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> and I can like paint Satan as like a cool, aloof guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then I can like you know like kind of like just situate that in the book in a way that makes sense to me because I don't feel like I'm like putting a square peg in a round hole. They kind of seem to mesh with one another. But that was an opportunity right there. Just you know, I'll do these two things. When do you plan on putting that project out? It was pretty lengthy compared to your uh, floppies of Grixley. So yeah, I'm working on a like these boys have seen me working on the first like maybe ten pages of it. So I'll be working on it for the next year, maybe year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And then it should be out in two. And you're still doing Grixley and all, all the while your side I'll projects. be doing Grixley long boxes. I'll be putting out a hundred pages of uh, just like subscriber material every year. Yeah. So we said Blake was the machine, but I think it might be Nate now. Uh oh. Uh oh. Blake's over here pointing his thumb at Nate. You all can't see it. <laughs> Blake. Yeah. Blake is an absolute beast. And I'm. I'm I feel like Blake's really been rubbing off on me because I've been putting in some. He's been rubbing you off. <laughs> we've been sleeping hey, in that for us too. Shit. <laughs> we've been in the same room for the last few nights without Hell any yeah. supervision. That's what it I'm gets talking very about. Dark down here, two dudes just vibing. <laughs> yep. But just dudes being dudes. What's wrong I, with I've that? been finding myself just responding with the hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Now uh, I got high as fuck yesterday, and we were walking around out like just checking out some waterfalls and chilling with one another. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was sick. Yeah. And uh, Blake just 
just, you know, chilled and talked Punisher with me for a while. Hell yeah. All while also doing a full drawing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like complete inking it while in the car on the way back. With his toes. Because he was explaining things with his hands. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so going back to what we've kind of watched you work on during this week, I remember going up to you and, and noticing that you were drawing on these like pre-penciled uh, square sheets of paper mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was such a clever idea just because I hate doing not not thinking about layouts but actually drawing the layouts right like doing the panels measuring everything and yada yada and you don't have to deal with that yeah because you're just doing these squares and then you're gonna just you know put them on the page in any order you want yeah yeah so is this going to be like a six panel per page like how are you going to lay this out Probably just six on a page. And it's like, you know, I owe that debt to Chester Brown. Okay. And like, okay. I think like kind of like, what I, did, I did this as one like Wolverine bootleg comic I did with my buddy Nick. It was fun because... Wolverine? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you know, like we put together, like we just like drew and drew and drew and made tons of material. And then we had a, a stack of pieces of paper that had like maybe like seven, eight different aspect ratios from like the top of the stack to the bottom. Yeah. And yeah. like we spent a morning just like chugging coffee and like saying like, trying to figure out how we can make it all like produce in a single comic sized comic mm-hmm. so I, I you know I feel like it's like and it never it never stymies me it's always part of the fun to just like I'm not thinking about <laughs> I probably ought to <laughs> but the dimensions of the final printed product before I start yeah well I, I take some consideration of it but then it, it's a kind of fun figuring out in the by and by Let's get a little uh, spicy on here. Um, I don't know if it'll actually get spicy, but these uh, panels that you're drawing, they aren't just square pieces of paper. Seems like uh, it would be perfect for a swipe comic. What are your thoughts on these new swipe comics? You're kind of doing it. But, oh, man. But you could tell when you post your long boxes stuff uh-huh. that it's made for the page because yeah. sometimes you'll have like weird, you know, you'll, you won't see, you'll see a cutoff from where like, you know, the page is sitting on the board or whatever surface you have, you're taking the pictures on. So are you making this with the intention of posting it online? Are you, are you making this with the intention of uh, posting it online? <laughs> I'm stalling because Nate just went and punch somebody i can't see them because there's a column here oh it's dylan drug dogs okay um yeah so are you making this with the intention of posting a swipe comic online how do you feel about this new trend of like swipe comics comics being made just for instagram well because i've heard people talking about like uh swipe swipe comics uh in a derogatory fashion all weekend and it's kind of funny because i think like it's like i'm pretty sure that's what i've been doing this whole time but like people like to pretend as though there's like a veneer of like artistic validity that like my work uh, like maintains so i'm flattered thanks <laughs> I, I, I just, I just think that I think a lot of comics now are made with the swipe in mind, whereas you are thinking of, you know, you printed all that long boxes material in Brixley, yeah, you yeah. know. So I feel like you're working on the page, whereas with this one, you know, you're doing these perfect square panels. I didn't know if that was your approach with it, but yeah, just go off, King. Oh, I feel like there's like a parallel. You tell me if I'm off, but like there'll be people that'll talk to me. Like they'll be like this dude Corey Corcoran, who I'm real fond of, was interviewing me, and he's like talking about flippers. As though they're like a devious grade of human being that exists entirely outside my sphere. So these fucking flippers. And it's like, oh, I'm a flipper by trade and you can pretend that I'm not. But it's like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm fucking evil too. And I'm like yeah, yeah. beating you to the punch and getting the cool Kevin O'Neill comic that you wanted or whatever. But it's like... What were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> swipe comics, your thoughts oh, on yeah, them? Are, is this, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, it's just like, I can be like, uh, no, I, 
sorry. No, you good. You good. I can be like, I don't do swipe comics. I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X, Y, Z comics. Yeah, big fans of Robert Crumb. Every guest on this podcast. The uh, I work for the page, but the. Uh, I don't know the trend of swipe comics. I think they're tight. I yeah. like them. You like them? I think it's kind of like those scooters that you see all over the place, where people will be like, they absorb subsidies that should be going to public transit, and yeah. like they're like, there's this like societal inequity in like the manner in which like they're like positioned and administrated when introduced to new cities, and it's like this is all technically correct, but when you see people riding those scooters, they look fun as fuck. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you see people on them who will be like. Oh, these fucking scooters! I hate them. Yeah. And I say like that. That looks like a blast. Yeah. And I've never, I've never rode one, but real quick, shout out to Chicago because they threw those motherfuckers right in the lake. Yeah. They had to stop. They had to discontinue that program. I co-signed that. That's tight as fuck. Yeah, it's sick as hell. So <laughs> sorry that this is now a pro like tech uh, scooter podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what we are. A ping pong uh, tournament endorsing <laughs> pro tech Silicon scooter. Valley funded. So, I don't personally have an issue with swipe comics. I just believe that everything should be made to be printed on a page, which I think a lot of these swipe comics can be. Can be. We're so, seeing that with Simon. Yeah, with Simon, with Alex uh, Pettinger is actually taking his uh, old shit and Dog turning biscuit, it into right? swipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dog biscuits. Yeah. What did I say instead? Dog biscuits. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Pat, meet Pat's meet me. Uh, Angry Birds, the comic. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> he got yes. the license. <laughs> yeah, officially licensed. Yeah. Angry Bird comics. <laughs> it's actually called Early Bird, right? Listeners, I know that in the year 2021, yeah. you're laying there in bed right now at 5 a.m. listening to this podcast, playing yeah. Angry Birds. You're on hour number 11. <laughs> I always know that Pat's captured the essence of the pleasure you're experiencing right now and Absolutely. put it on the comics page. 100. <laughs> percent so, uh, what's your biggest uh, pet peeve and gripe in comics right now? And it can be <sighs> small press, it can be big two, whatever. Gripe. Um, it's uh, people who think, who are like, um, tell me what they think about superhero movies. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, is there anything that's like... Um, I mean, like the... Oh, you make comments. What do you think about this movie? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's fucking annoying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that might be it. Okay, oh, fair. All right, so there's nothing, like, formal. Yeah, like, you don't you don't oh, okay. have an issue with, like, you know... Or even petty, man. Make it yeah, petty. Yeah, it you, doesn't even matter. You yeah. said that uh, we could talk about whatever. Nothing was off limits, so I'm trying to get you in some trouble here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bait me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, what do you think of... Uh, do you agree with everything Frank Santoro posts on Instagram? Um, I I don't look at posts on Instagram. I usually look at the first three once a day, and then I, go, I carry on with my business. What do you think? Uh, you hang out with Santoro sometimes, right? Yeah. Does he rip your ass about having a Patreon? 
Um, because you stayed off Patreon for the longest time. I feel like I didn't bring that up. We just make fun of people in other cars as we pass Hell them. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> we're a couple okay. of hateful fellas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're trying to get Santoro on the pod. Just so you know, uh, Frank. I don't know if you listen to the pod, but I'm a fan of yours. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we both are. We, we both, both are Frank fans is of yours. Cool. We want you on the show, brother. Because I feel like it's like there are people who like are like on paper they're like Frank, but like all of their like opinions and mannerisms are affected. Mm-hmm. He's got like this like super oblique approach to everything that is just like. 100% sincere. Yeah. But, like, well, I'm sorry, what was the question? Oh, I was just trying to, I came up with something to just try to start shit. If you liked his uh, his social media presence where he just drags everything, I love it personally. Yeah. I heard he does, like, videos where he, like, he'll flip out on a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, did a, my, my favorite one is the Gary Panner crash pad video where uh, he's bitching about how, you know, it's a $40 comic, it should be $5, but at the end, like, this thing looks like a, a dotted line, you know, it's like 20,000 story posts long, but at the end, he's like, if anybody wants a bootleg of this comic, and it's literally a video of him just running copies off. Cool. Yeah. That sounds really fucking cool. Yeah, I think it's yeah. sick. A lot of people hate it, but I think it's, it's sick. And it sounds like, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, people, like, pretend that a guy isn't self-aware. Yeah, 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 right. You know, where it's just like, he, like, he know, he, like he's, yeah, he's working. Fun. He knows why you think it's funny, and he thinks it's funny, too. Yeah, like the uh, our want- listeners don't don't get that concept for some reason. <laughs> it, it is wild to think about that. I mean, yeah. genuinely, genuinely. Yeah, like I don't understand how all these people that fucking hate on us don't see through this shit. <laughs> yeah, like no, yeah, no, I am totally a neo-Nazi. You figured it out. Yeah. Uh, I want to paint just a little bit more of a picture for you listeners out there. There is. A man silently reading Dune in this room right now. <laughs> while, while we're recording a podcast, Caroline's getting better at ping pong as I've been watching. <laughs> also, I really wish Caroline was a fencer. I don't know why, but like watching watching you play ping pong, I was like, you'd be a badass fencer. Can I tell you guys a fencing story? Yeah, yeah, yeah please. Yeah. Did so, you see Fencing, the comic from Boom Studios? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real comic. <laughs> it might not have been called Fencing, but it was I, about fencing. I hope one day I can work from Boom Studios. Okay, cool. Cool, now I'll talk some shit. Yeah, I hope yeah, one day yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope and pray to God when I lay in bed at night that one day I can work for Boom Studios and get paid seventeen dollars a page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do a fucking adventure time comic for them. <laughs> That's gonna that you know, they have millions to pay for those licenses, fucking idiots. But oh, um, shit. okay, so I remember um, one time I was at summer camp and they had fucking a, a heap of fencing shit that we could fuck around with. And like so we wore the masks. And like the like white things, like the costumes you strap on yourself, yeah. and we had the foils where they got like little rubber tips. They're not yeah, actual yeah, swords. Yeah. They're like they're, there's no sharpness to the them. Bendy swords. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So what we did was uh, okay. So you need to make contact with your opponent's torso three times with the tip of the foil in the name of the sword. If you touch their head, you're automatically disqualified. And if you touch their arms or legs, it doesn't count, and you should try to avoid that. You just want to try to get those contacts from the point on the torso to win. So I wasn't, I wasn't good, and I wasn't, I sucked at that, and I lost a lot. Just going straight for the genitals, just. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, it's like a chimp mauling. (laughs) But I found out, like about about halfway into my like three week long fencing career, that if you manage to get your opponent to drop their sword slash foil. They automatically lose. Okay. So it'd be like coach would be like three, two, one, go, and I would go bat, 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 <laughs> knock the foil out of a dude's hand in the first second <laughs> and win. And it was like turn around, victorious, sword raised. People hate me. Mega heel, ultimate heel. I'm a heel, and I don't know I'm a heel. <laughs> so you technically won that. You you yeah. won. Yeah. I was, 
after that, I was undefeated. <laughs> when we say work smarter, not harder, this is what we mean. <laughs> you just beat the shit out of the sword in their hand. <laughs> How many times did you get away with this? Well, you said three weeks into your fencing career. How long did your fencing career last? Did they eventually catch on to what your... Uh, the McDonough rule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it clearly they, has a play going they on. They had officials from the state come down and wrap the building in caution tape and suspend all activities. <laughs> oh, man. Did you fence for, long, did you, for a long time, though? Oh, no, I've done after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't picked up a sword since. Oh, okay, hell yeah. Except your, your pen, your inking tool, right? That's your sword. Yeah, the real sword, yes. <laughs> What I was, what's the uh, what's the sample from a uh, Shogun Assassin at the beginning of Liquid Swords? Uh, I know, yeah, yeah. Um, I cut off the head of 132 lords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. We, we can carry on. No, no, yeah, no. This is this is the good shit. This right. this era of the pod is going to be talked about. Wait, how has that not been in one of your comics? Liquid Swords? No, no the fencing, oh, the fencing, fencing oh, thing, because yeah, yeah. that is fucking amazing. I don't know. I think it's like, uh, like the, so far as like a punchline goes, and not that like a punchline has to like adhere strictly to a formula. Yeah, no, no. But like, no, yeah. if you want, like, like go and get those early issues of Grixley to see like a super insecure like 19, 20, 21 year old. Can you even like, get those? You don't have those on your site, right? If you can find them, and it's yeah, not, okay. and it's like I'm not like I'm not like you know like bring it to me and I'll buy it from you and I'll burn it. I don't care. But like, I'll flip it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you track it down, the thing about them is a lot of the jokes were I am so funny. And I said the funniest thing and I'm just crazy. Oh, man. And everyone was so taken aback by how funny and crazy I was. And then, you know, it's like that it goes without saying that shit ain't any good. But then it's like, I feel like the fencing thing is like, the proof is in the pudding. You guys thought it was funny. It would make a good comic. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's just like, it's, I, I never did it because it seems too close to, like, that, like, standard of, like, right. Yeah, you know what? I was just acting, do the craziest, funniest thing. Like, I'm when crazy. Aren't, just, aren't I just no, the I best? Mean, but the, the humor comes out of the fact that you were doing this 100% with, like, a genuine. Well, I, and I was talking about, I was talking to someone yesterday where it's like a, I think it's like the self, like the lack of self-awareness in children is amazing. It really is, yeah. Where like, I, I was praised for my posture. You boys are looking at me right now and you, you got nothing to praise, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say you got good posture, but. Yeah, what, hey, what you do boys I are nice. Very tall, six foot seven. Here. Handsome boy, handsome. <laughs> Horse cock, 12 inches soft. Huge, it's bumping into my leg. Won't get you pregnant. <laughs> oh, oh yes, Sterilized. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, oh God. Anyways, I was in third grade, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Clark, this fucking dickhead teacher that I had, the first teacher I didn't like at all, but he likes, because this dude was a fucking maniac. He read Dan Brown's Angels and Demons, and he ended class an hour and a half early one day, so he could just relay the plot to us off the top of his head. Hell like, yeah. Like the Da Vinci Code prequel. Yeah, So yeah. then he's like... What so a then, like, fucking loser. Dude, he was. <laughs> imagine yeah, thinking, yeah. Imagine dude, thinking that that was like, you have no friends, so you have to fucking explain this shitty... Yes. Fucking grocery store book yes. that you got to a bunch of children who have no choice but so to he, hear you. Exactly, right. No, and it's like, I'd rather just like put my head down on the desk and be quiet like we had to do when we were in trouble, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> no, yeah. So he's like, he's like, so the, the, the evil cardinal has already been wounded by the assassin and he's in the underground cavern and he okay no wait not yet and he, so he's still going toward the underground cavern and it's like 
I feel like I learned a lot about storytelling from that. Whereas like, this dude sucks dick at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what? Okay, yeah, yeah. But like the self awareness of children, where it's like the same guy, where it's like me and him. Like you know, like sometimes we were pros, sometimes we were friends. We were friends on the day that he says. Class, I'm seeing a lot of bad posture out there. I'm seeing you slouching over your desks, ruining your posture. Look at Nate. Do you see how he is sitting? And it's like, just consider how like now in a situation like that, you would wither with embarrassment. I so completely lacked self-awareness that I preened and panned about smiling at my classmates. Like, yes, my like posture is show pony. Yeah, no, totally. And then it's like, I, I, like, I caught an absolute avalanche of ass beatings in the next two weeks. And had, you stood up straight after? Dude, no, but it's like self-awareness. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't even know what it was from. Yeah. It's like, why are they so mad at me? I don't oh, understand. Right, right. Oh, hey guys, it's cool Nate. Yeah, check him out. Yeah, I showed them how good my posture was I thought they'd want to be friends with me after that. <laughs> I passed the scoliosis test <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. shit. oh shit so let's get back to comics and your approach on them um, do you start like uh, do you start with the script do you work it out on the page how, how do you tackle a comic like your process um, you write it down you flesh it out you do several drafts you um Get a page, rule out panel borders, or don't, if you don't have to. Uh, you uh, put down letters, pencils, uh, pencil art, and ink it, and scan it, and then level adjust it in Photoshop, adjust it to print size. <laughs> Hell yeah, okay. Pray to God for forgiveness. <laughs> All right, so um, before you were in Pittsburgh, you are in Pittsburgh now, and uh, you know definitely, I feel like one of the definitive cartoonists of that scene. Um, where were you before that? I was in Columbus, Ohio, for roughly 14 months. Before that, I was in Watertown, Wisconsin, for near a decade. Before that, I was in Spotsylvania, Virginia, famous Civil War battlegrounds. Sounds made up. <laughs> no, dude. I think my third my third grade guidance counselor, and that's a fucking made up bullshit job if I ever heard one before. <laughs> and like, I, I was even like, who the fuck is this dude? Did he just wander into the school and he's like also bothering us now? Also, a huge loser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And he he uh, I told he asked me where I was from. I said Spotsylvania. He called my mom at work and said like that I was like being a bad motherfucker. Or he said you know your your child is misbehaving and he's telling a couple of fibs and he's you know me pulling my leg. Because this is Wisconsin after all. And, and then she's like, No, we moved from Spotsylvania. Can I please get back to work? Like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds made up. Agreed. But then before that, it was um, Arlington, Virginia, and. So were you making comics like your have comics been presence in your whole life? Yeah, my uncle when I was a kid, he would um uh, <laughs> He's now passed, but he was a very fucking cool dude and his wife, when I talk about comics around her, she gets so fucking angry. <laughs> He's like change subject. <laughs> Where like a dude who was that into comics got me into comics and he would give me his old Wolverines and Ghost Riders. And he gave me like comics in copious volume. He'd take me to conventions. It's like he would take me to the convention where I got like the Death of Superman t-shirt. Where the shirt is black, the Superman logo is on it, and there's like the doomsday fist tearing through with right, right, little right. bone spikes on it. Hell yeah. The classic T, yeah. And like that thing, like I 
I remember on Thanksgiving, I puked so hard on that thing in a hotel room that my mom had to cut it off of me with scissors. <laughs> like the ER. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you just OD'd on heroin. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And you just ate too much? That's what happened? It was Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah. I never a say food bit of poisoning because people always claim food poisoning. It don't mean a goddamn thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, that might have been overkill, but yeah. yeah. So, um... What was the first comic you ever made? Do you remember the first work you were trying to make? Um, I did these absolute solemn, dead, stone-faced Wolverine versus Ninja comics, Latin with narration. Where you that sounds so tight. <laughs> I do that, and I do like Daredevil pining over like now dead Electra and like seeing a specter of her, and then like uh, Batman like. Telling the Joker about how he was really going to kill him this time. <laughs> so at, at that age, you were already at the top tier of DC's writer list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking wild. No, for sure. Just maximum pathos. Yeah, it was yeah. a child. Yeah. Very nice. So you seem very well versed in, you know, big two mainstream comics. Do you have any desire to ever work in mainstream comics? Um, I was talking probably... Probably you fellas and at least someone else about how like if the opportunity ever presented itself, I'd give it a shot. But I'm already 100% sure that it would be fucking garbage. We're like, I'm a, something I was talking to my boy Craig about is how I want to do a Spider-Man comic where it's like, there's two, there's a B plot and a C plot. The B plot is like J. Jonah Jameson like is about to get married again to a lady who lives in a retirement community. And the C plot is like Aunt May like got her like antipsychotic medication switched over, and now she has to go to CVS <laughs> instead of Walgreens. <laughs> and then like so like those like comprise like four pages of the comic, but then like eighteen pages of the comic uh, will be Venom ripping people in half and chugging yeah. their blood. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, All pretext is gone. <laughs> Fuck that. But it's like it's a thing though. It's like if I ever like, if like Marvel was like you know like write a Spider-Man book, I'd be like, here's my idea, and they'd say, no, we can't do that. Like the current crossover is about how like you know the leader has built a mega bomb and the, you know or like whatever, and then it's like okay, I, I can like I can toe the line and do that. Like if you're paying me fucking four hundred dollars a page or whatever, right, right. And it's like okay, sweet. But the uh, ah. do you keep up with mainstream comics at all? Like the current product stuff, uh, not not at all. And I like and it's and it's not even me like me trying to be a snob, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm I'm literally unable to read the stuff. Yeah. And it's like like past a particular point of like sophistication and the digital coloring, my eyes like I can't they, they glaze over and I can't help it. Mm. Are you not a fan of digital coloring at all? Uh, there's some that I like. Something yeah. we were talking about yesterday when we were down in Hawk, like we were hiking around in the hills, is uh, that issue of Savage Dragon where it's the pink lady with the venom like teeth and the big tongue. Do mm-hmm. you guys know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. And, One of his exes who's like possessed by a demon or something. That's it. Yeah. And then yeah. and like and like she's got his decapitated head and she's holding it in her hand and like the blood's running down her forearm. Yeah. It's pretty sick. And I remember like I like I would read and reread that one a lot when I was a kid. And I would like hide it between like my uh, box spring and my mattress. Very nice. Like it was like the fucking hustler. So that my mom couldn't find it because the cover, like the lady's got like nipples visible through her torn garment. Further, 
she has like the the digital gradient of like whatever proto Photoshop existed at the time. Her is a perfect spheroid of like gradation and color for her breasts. Yes. So yes. it's like leaving a kid with an impression that like you know like one day you'll get to see titties and they will be uh, you're perfect gonna be so let down in, yeah. in a Euclidean style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will be perfect globes and like and you'll like it most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it's like. And I, I mean, I guess that's a pretty bad answer to like, do you like digital coloring? Where like, you know, there, there's like some that doesn't offend me, but like that, it's like that's like a weird example of being fat. Yeah. <laughs> fat, what do you think fascinated. about Dark Knight 2's coloring? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Where it's like people say like, you know what? It's better than the first one. Yeah, I hate that. shit, And I'm not dude. gonna be that guy. It's cool. It's fun. Like yeah. I don't, I don't even like it well enough to like have it in the house from mm-hmm. like day to day, month to month. Where it's like I'll like buy it for a buck read it and sell it but like yeah. I just uh, you know it's fine I, I like Lynn Varley a lot though her like Lynn Varley rocks yeah DKR1 yeah. Lynn oh, yeah. Varley it's the best coloring that was ever in a superhero book except for maybe like maybe Mazzuccelli but yeah absolutely agree with that so or um, Wizard Smith you were telling me there's like certain comics that you'll buy if it's in the dollar bin multiple mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. rattle off some uh, always Corbin always Kirby always Ditko uh, I'll get like old but if it's like Fanagraphics is on it you know that it's got some certain level of quality yeah Hate 8 Ball the Zero Zero Anthology um I'll grab the, the really weird shit though like there's a comic called Judo Joe that mm-hmm. came out from this like fly by night outfit called Ace Comics that uh it was like they're trying to resurrect this property from the 1950s and it's uh it's a piece of shit comic. The writing's bad. The art is bad. The lettering is really, really fucking good. And the letterer is credited as Chick Chumley. <laughs> it's like Tracy villain. Stick Stickly. Yeah. Dude, yeah. You look. You look at it, and the the lettering is like. Uh, because you know, like normally it's like all uppercase, but like this is like uppercase and lowercase, and everything's got like a neat serif on it. It was a young Dan Klaus who lettered the thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's like I'll find shit like that, and it's like, of course I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but weird shit like that niche is there anything that you're looking for like as that like your holy grail that you want for yourself what's your holy grail comic listen to the patreon find out more ten dollars ten dollars it's like it's like schizophrenic maniacs who like go on like violent missions from god like they make comics too and like you can still find them out there and if you subscribe to these boys excellent patreon and get all this high quality material you can find out more about them like ping pong sounds in the background yeah. Yeah, that's, this is the main feed yeah right so. Oh, this one's free. Okay, that's we're just, why they're just wearing the listener down yeah. so that they have to listen to the Patreon episode. <laughs> what are we at, Tom? All right, uh, let's bring this in for a landing, boys. I'm gonna yeah. drop the landing gear right Ooh. now. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> I'm about to drop the landing gear. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. So uh, we did get a couple questions. We're streaming this live in our Discord Ooh, right now. Sixty-nine percent. So uh, yeah, Jasper Jubenville is sixty-nine percent funded on kickstarter now Within so less um, than 24 hours less than 24 <laughs> three hours three and a half hours yeah course, so how yeah. do you feel about jazz actually yeah you said we'll hash this out on the pod i heard that you and jasper actually already buried this hatchet um but why did you unfollow young ja- young jasper jubinville <laughs> yeah, i saw that bullet that fell out of your pocket that just had jasper crudely written just scratched into the end of the bullet and i was like what's that about i i, I hashed a cross into the tip of the bullet so christ forgives him for his sins <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no, consider how like you know, and it, like it was an accident that I unfollowed him on social media, and you can believe me or you cannot believe me, but the proof the proof is in the pudding. That boy is the absolute cat's pajamas, and I am so very fond of him enough yeah. so that like I published, uh, I self published. Uh, like an indie comics anthology with like dozens of artists Shit, in it. We're, we're really fucking up. We didn't even bring this up. Imperial Egg. Yeah, Imperial Egg, go. number one. It's out. It's the shit. And I, who in the world am I going to put on the cover of that thing? No contest. I don't have to think about it for more than .03 seconds as Jasper Jubinville. He's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's right. We're here on the pod to hash out the beef <laughs> with a young, polite Canadian artist. <laughs> Jasper, if you're listening to this, I really... Oh, well, your Kickstarter will be way past funded and, like, you know, the book yeah. will be out because this is so far in the future. But I hope you got paid in Canadian dollars because you're going to be very rich. Or, no, no, no. I hope you got paid in no, U.S. Say, dollars. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. Money. He's Congrats, we love you. We're excited. Yeah, your stupid ass funny money. <laughs> it feels like plastic melts in your fucking wallet. I literally have Canadian bills that got stuck together from being like this clear bullshit. With your loons, your loony <laughs> yeah, and your loonies, whatever they fucking cost. You're gonna have dudes who are horny for Dynamite Diva asking you for your autograph, though. I yeah, just need to get ready to, for that. They're gonna ask you to dress up like Dynamite uh, Diva, Jasper. Right, let's, let's get to the questions because we got a couple from the Discord here. Yeah, I think we did. Hang on, I'm having a scroll. Or maybe we did. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, we did? Uh, uh, we got two. Okay. Right. Oh, here you go. This is very timely. Uh, Bayless underscore 171 asked, ask him if he is jealous about Jasper's Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because they've been talking. It's not really directed toward you. They've literally been talking about Jasper's Kickstarter in here all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, Jasper, I'm very jealous. You're getting a fucking bag. Give me some money. Yeah, yeah, it's all in the family, brother. You need we need at least four points kicked up to us. Just saying. Yeah. My answer bitterly so it consumes me. I really hate to see a thing like that. <laughs> <laughs> really and truly hate it. All right. And this very thoughtful question comes from uh Carolyn Cash. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, pardon, Caroline, Caroline Cash. Cash. Uh, yeah, Caroline Cash. Uh Caroline asks, question for Nate. Who do you think will win the ping pong? Me or Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a quick look at these guys. Four minutes of ping I think Caroline's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely Caroline. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, Nate, we're about to go ahead and go home here. Um, yeah, let's take it home, baby. Let's take it home. Where can people find you online? Plug your shit. We appreciate you coming on. Grixley.com. I'm Grixley Cola on IG. I'm, I'm po- I post shit all the time. I try to put new comics up roughly every day. And uh, that's about it. Patreon. Yeah, I, I, Patreon? Really, I appreciate you guys interviewing me. I appreciate everybody listening. I do have a Patreon for $2 a month. You'll get a... I'll send you four comic, uh, More than four comics per year. At the very least, four comics. Probably five, maybe six. For nice. the low, low price of $24 a year. Yeah, and great then, deal. Uh, great deal. And then uh, seven, you get a ton more stuff, but... I'm still kind of hashing all this stuff out. Can we talk about Alan Moore's Swamp Thing for an hour? Yeah, yeah, I don't let's, think I can go off. I finished talking about that yet. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. It definitely. Enough, we're, we're hitting a lot of like check marks this week yeah, yeah. in terms of having people on that we've been meaning to have on for so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just been a real fucking joy. To, to meet a well-adjusted normal human being who's not online all the time like us. I'd like to. Oh, and then well, a quick thing. I'd like to greet some uh, some vets from the show. Ms. Harkness, hello. Caleb 
Orecchio. Shout out, Caleb. Yeah, what God up, Caleb? Damn, that might be my favorite Garter Boys episode. I'd like to say hello to he him. Was funny. Well. He was funny. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then I. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. We got to talk about Patrick Sparrow for just a second. I oh, warned, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. See, we're going to do it at the end to see if he really listens. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you guys earlier that he talked about me for about 23 minutes, so I'm going to have to do another 37. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. <laughs> I've, I've got a bulleted list. Yeah. Yeah, go off. Or do you really have – You shout out Patrick Sparrow. He He's a sweet boy. I love him. He's, he's absolutely um, poggers talented. I, I uh, every panel is a delight. Every line is a delight. Every little dot on Peeper Creeper's shriveled up ass is a delight. Patrick Sparrow is cool as they come. He's got a good heart. Uh, he uh, is the funniest dude I know. I love his comics so much. I want to move to Canada and live by him, and I think he'll permit it. Yeah, yeah, he seems to really be uh, infatuated with you. Yeah, so. yeah, it sounded. It <laughs> now sounded, that you got that vasectomy, it's probably oh, a, yeah. a sure, sure deal, <laughs> sure shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we we'll still try. And Patrick, you know what, man? Like vasectomies can be reversed, and it's never guaranteed. But I'll uh, I'll give it a shot. I'll pay the ten G's, and we'll have a fifty-fifty chance. I might still knock you up. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> thanks Cam. Thanks JB. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, stay good. And you got to come back on the Patreon because uh, you're a hell of a guest. <laughs> oh yeah. That's all right, yeah. Now for real, stay gutter. Yeah. Circumstances and from one to turn that up. My clan in the